If you knew how truly powerful you are, you wouldn't say, think, or feel something you didn't want to be true. Hi, I'm Vishen Lakiani, founder of Mind Valley, the school for human transformation. You're listening to the Mind Valley podcast, where we'll be bringing you the greatest teachers and thought leaders on the planet to discuss the world's most powerful ideas in personal growth for mind, body, spirit, and work. When I when I do what I do and these videos and the podcasts, it's um, you know, all along the the years of doing this, there was always opportunities to be able to do it in a bigger way. You know, over the decades ago, infomercials and PBS specials and you know, Quick Brain franchise school, you know, schools everywhere and um, media and book. And um, honestly, I don't know if you can relate to this, but the reason I said no is just. It, it, I just didn't want the attention. Um, you know my, you know my story. Growing up as with my brain injury and having my learning difficulties, it was every day in class. My superpower was the ability to shrink down. You know what I mean? To grow really, really small. And I would condition that every day because I didn't want a, the spotlight. I didn't want to be called on in class. I was scared to death to to be called on in class. Actually. So my superpower was not to be seen, it was to be invisible and be really tiny, you know? And I think we all have areas of, uh, you know, areas of development and such. And so I really didn't feel comfortable doing something on a kind of a, a big, bigger scale. And then a few years ago, I, uh, I was in an accident where I almost, where I almost died. And uh, how many people have had a, like a near-death experience? Raise your hand. Look around. Um, it puts things into perspective, doesn't it? In terms of what's most important, and um, and made me think about what I would leave, you know, behind in that case. And it, um, the next day, I, you know, signed the book deal and 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 did that because I felt like at heart I'm a reading teacher. You know, my my teachers back then would have they wouldn't have thought I would read a book, much less wrote a book. You know, and so if anybody could could identify with that, it's uh, people asked me last night, like, you know, why did it take so long to write a book? It was just because I just didn't feel comfortable, uh, you know, having again the, these spotlights. Even now, <laughs> um, is still a little bit jarring for me. But I feel like um, I, shame on me if I could help somebody who's struggling and suffering the way that I did, and I didn't do something that I, all I could to be able to help that one person. Do you, do you know what I mean? So what I wanted to have a conversation here about that I feel like could serve you the most, the, the methodologies are very clear, right? I teach that in Superbrain. I mean, there's, it's just, hey, 10 minutes a day, let's just learn one, you know, one thing, practice one thing. I believe what this industry really needs is, is integration, meaning that you don't need any more knowledge. You, if you're here, my, my, Assumption of my hallucination is this is not the first event you've ever attended. Is, is that fair? And a lot of, you know, now it's not the, my podcast is not the first podcast you've listened to or online training that you've gone through. And I feel like there's like, sometimes there's too much information. And I think all knowledge really is self-knowledge and making it your own. And I feel like a lot of us, a lot of the questions I got last night, which I talked to many of you last night, a lot of the questions is just, you have to trust yourself. Like the questions I'm, 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 I'm getting, I hear what's, what's behind it, and it's just having trust in yourself. I really think the, the journey that we're on here, and I don't have slides, 
you know, so I thought we'd make this kind of conversational. And I feel like that would be more valuable because, you know, we have 300 million video views online on my morning routine and using a visual pacer and be suave and all that. But, but if you're not doing it on a regular basis, what's holding you back? You know, the reason I wrote this book, Limitless is not about being perfect. It's about progressing and advancing beyond what you believe is possible. I'm careful to using these words because the, the, the subtitle of my book is Limitless, Upgrade Your Brain, Learn Anything Faster, and then Unlock Your Exceptional Life. Back in school, in grade school, I used to spend time with all the, all the nerds and the geeks because I, they, we had some, not because I had their, the same grades as they did at all, it's because I had, you know, I was interested in comic books and I was interested in video games, right? And I remember one morning, a teacher came into the class and said, um, they made an announcement saying that we're creating a brand new group and we, we're gonna, of, of, of students, and these are the exceptional students, and they called it MASP, M-A-S-P. And that stands for More Able Student Program. They're more able than everybody else, right? And I was like the only one in that group that wasn't um, asked to be in that group, right? So as a kid, I, I created my own group called LASP, Less Able Student Program, right? <laughs> um, but I always thought in my mind, like how come those, those kids are the exceptional ones? How come they could have an exceptional life? And, you know, and this is not a, a slight against uh, teachers or the, it's just my, mo my mother became a special education teacher because she, she focused and, and really her focus was to help me and, because she didn't want to see me suffer. I, and I think that teachers are the modern day superheroes, you know, in terms of their, their compassion, their caring, their level of commitment. They're not always compensated, you know, like, like they, may, they, they need to be and, and should be, but, um, but I wanted to be one of those exceptional kids and prove that this is possible for, for everybody else. And so I want you to think about, as I share this model for you, it's really simple, it's just three circles I'm gonna draw. I want you to think about an area of your life where you feel stuck. Like, let's turn this as something like very, let's turn this into a workshop and I don't, not like a keynote, right? So is there an area of your life, your health, your wellness, just kind of uh, close your eyes and take a breath. And just, just in, in your mind, what area do you know has more potential and maybe you're working really, really hard? It could be your, your physical health, your mental. It could be your financial. It could be your, your, your career, your business, your relationships. Where do you feel like you can make gains? And where do you feel like you're being held back, but you're not sure why? Because that was the theme with every single conversation I had last night, is they feel like there's more. And they go to these events, and, then, and they learn a lot of things, and they went through a quest, or, or they can't get themselves to finish. Raise your hand if you signed up for a quest and put it off and procrastinate going through it. And so what, what's, what's, what are the forces that are keeping you from making progress, doing the things you know you should do? Because I don't know how many speakers need to say, you know, the, to meditate or eat, eat 
good foods, good whole foods, or to be able to, to move and exercise. But common sense is not common practice. So I want, I want to give you the, the, the code that I believe really unlocks those things. When I was going through my challenges, and I believe that our struggles can become strengths, that difficult times, how many of you are facing some, some adversity right now? Raise your hand, which is commendable that you're here. I mean, I, that's why I feel like it's in so, so important, this community, I'm always gonna come back to community because that's one of the initiatives of, of Mind Valley is not only this, 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 this radical evolution, but it's radical inclusion, right? That you're not here alone. And so part of this is getting inspiration and instruction from each other because I find that for me, people come to these events not only for the content, but the incredible connections and a shift in belief that somebody else in the room who's like them is making progress is sometimes more important than something a speaker could say on stage. Is that fair? Now here, as you're thinking about the area that you feel like stuck, for me, it was this label when, when I was nine years old, a teacher, I was slowing down the class, right? Because I wasn't getting the lesson and you know, I could say, what, what ended up happening, you, you know that one of my teachers said, you know, that's the boy with the broken brain, but I really feel like it wasn't coming from a, a diff, like a, a bad place. I think it actually was really good intention. It's because I started getting like a lot of negativity from my classmates that towards me that I was holding back the class and may, being made fun of. So I think the teacher was more coming to my defense, maybe came out the wrong way, but coming out saying that, you know, let's relax, stop it. You know, this, this, this boy has some challenges, right? But, that, that, but the, what I took out of it was completely different, was that label that I was broken. And so it's really hard to go out there and achieve something because every single time I didn't do well, I would always go back to that label to explain it because, oh, I'm the broken one. So that was my thing. So the first area that we need to address, the first area that must for transformation to be uh, taking, take place is this area of mindset. And mindset I'm defining as what's possible in your life, right? Think about the area that you're not making progress in, and mindset is the set of assumptions and attitudes we have around something, around how the world works, especially what we believe is possible, what we believe we're capable of, what we believe we deserve, because you've heard me say this, that we're not thermometers, we're thermostats. You know, thermometer reacts to the environment, a thermostat sets it, but you have an unconscious set of what you believe you deserve in a relationship. Is that fair? And then your behavior will, will set that, and that intention will create that, that level, just like a thermostat will, or how much you feel like you're worth in, in, your, in your job or your, in your business. So for me, it was set at broken, and that became a big challenge. Now, when I went through this, I remember when I finally uh, got into college, and I got into a local university, because that's what I could qualify for, and I thought I could make a fresh start, because that's what I thought freshmen meant, and I took all these classes, and I, and I actually did worse. And at this point, I was like, that's it, I can't, I can't do this anymore. It's been a decade and a half. I work harder than everybody around me and it's still, it's just not for me. Because in the school system, the presupposition is 10% people get A's, 10% get B's, and then everybody else, the 80%, you know, they are failing you know, in school. 
as opposed to maybe the school failing them. Do you know what I mean? And so it's not about how, I learned in the, later on, it's not how smart you are or how smart your kids are, it's how are you smart. And there are multiple forms of genius, right? But at that time, I didn't feel that, I didn't know that. So I wanted to quit school because honestly, I didn't have the money to be there. Uh, and so my friend said, I didn't know how to tell my parents, said, hey, why don't you come with me this weekend to visit my family, get some perspective. You know, this is a big decision, right? And how many of you noticed that when you get perspective, you change people, you change place, it gives you a new point of view, and you can look at it in a different way. For those of you who've gone through Superbrain and, and you learn about like uh, six thinking hats and it gives you permission to look at it from a logical standpoint and an emotional standpoint, right? And a critical standpoint. And then at a point at optimistic, what could go right? But it's getting us out of our own like habits of thinking. And so I go there and the family is very well off and the father walks me around his property before dinner and asked me a very innocent question, which is the worst question you could ask me. How's school? And, and I just, because I have all this pent up, you know, emotion, I just start bawling in front of this complete stranger and I tell my whole story. And, you know, and all my stories about all the limits I have. And I always tell people, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them, right? If you're always saying I have a horrible memory or I'm too old or I'm not enough, you know, your brain is always, your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. And again, if you've heard me say this before, because you're one of our students, there, there's a difference between knowing something and walk, walking it, like in, in, your, in, your, in your heart, in your body. And so what keeps us from mastery sometime is this idea that, oh, I know this already. You know, go get, get to, the, get to the, the other stuff that you're really holding back, right? But it's the fundamentals that the masters get really good at. And so he asked me a new question, and I think questions, besides perspective, are the answer. You know, you learn from Vishen about these, you know, these dominant questions, I call them dominant questions, these questions we ask all the time that we're always getting answers for. And if you ask yourself, how come I can never do this, or how come I can never be this person, or how come I can't earn this money, you're gonna, your brain's gonna find evidence to support that, right? Because your mind, if you knew how truly powerful your mind was, you wouldn't say or think something you didn't wanna be true. I'll say that again in a different way. If you knew how truly powerful you are, you wouldn't say, think, or feel something you didn't wanna be true. All right, and that's not to say you have one negative feeling or one negative thought and it ruins your life, but going back to consistency, how do you get yourself to consistently uh, take action and, and listen and apply these techniques? How do you consistently get yourself to show up in a way where there's an ease to it? And so when he asked me that question, um, you know, how school, I tell him my whole story, and then he asked me another question, which what leaders and mentors do. They ask really good questions. He said, well, why are you in school? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? What do you want to have? What do you want to share? And I'll, I'll ask you to just kind of jot these things down, you know, stream of consciousness. What do you want to be? Like for me, I have a to-be list every morning. Everyone has, you know, we all have our to-do list. You have your to-be list. You know, the I am which is really mindset, right? Mindset is the area of possibility. The mindset really is the, the what and the who you are. They say the two most powerful words in the English language are, are the shortest, I am. 
because whatever you put after that is, is your life, is your destiny. And he says, why? Why you want these things? And you know, what do you, you know, why are you doing this? And I go to answer him and he says, stop. And he takes out a piece of paper and he makes me write it down. And we know that writing things down helps you to manifest it better. I mean, it is, it is conclusive. Like it's, some, some people say upwards of 40% just by writing the things down. Because think about it, you're taking something invisible and by writing it down, all of a sudden it becomes visible and physical, right? The first stepping point. So all these principles apply. And I start writing like a bucket list and these are all the things that I, I envision, that I dream. And when I'm done, I fold up the sheets to put in my pocket and he reaches out to grab them. And now all of a sudden he's looking at my intimate desires and dreams. And these are things I've never even shared with people close to me or even some of them even realize myself. So I'm afraid of being judged. And that's something that keeps us kind of closed, right? This idea that other people's expectations, other people's opinions of them, it, it makes you mitigate and get smaller. And I say this all the time, but who are the fastest learners? Children, right? And how, how many times do they fall before they learn how to walk? Hundreds of times, but never after the 200th time do they say, forget this, I'm not walking, right? <laughs> it wouldn't make a lot of sense, but as adults, you know, reminders, we, we do that because we're concerned about how people think about us. And I spent a lot of time in senior centers because you know, I, lost, I lost my grandmother, who was my primary giver, my, my uh, caregiver. My mother and my dad had so many jobs, and I, but I saw her deteriorate you know, and, and, and lose her life to Alzheimer's. So these are things that shape who you are when you're, when you're, when you, when you're young. And I'm saying that what forces us in a box, going back to this box, if you feel stuck in a box or a 3D box, like a cube or a cage, there are three forces that keep you in that box. One of them is your mindset. And these are the same forces that will liberate you also as well. So how many of you feel like you were given a label early on? Like you accepted some kind of label and you created a box for yourself. And yet we maintain that box every single day with our thoughts, you know, and because we have 60,000 thoughts a day, the challenge is 95% of those thoughts are the same thoughts that we had yesterday and the day before that. And so how do we create a new reality? We could start first with our mindset. But after I made this list and he took it out of my hand, he's reviewing it, he says, Jim, you are this close to everything on this list. And he spreads his index fingers about a foot apart. And I'm thinking, no way. Give me 10 lifetimes, I'm not gonna crack that list. And then he takes his fingers and what does he do? Show me. He takes them, put them right, right to the side of my head. Meaning in between, my brain was the key to unlock this, this, these dreams. And he takes me into a room of his home that I'd never seen before. It is wall to wall, ceiling to floor, covered in books. And uh, keep in mind, I've never read a book cover to cover and I'm not a great reader, right? And it's like walking into a room full of snakes. <laughs> like, but what makes it worse is he starts grabbing snakes off of the shelf and then handing them to me. <laughs> and I, I looking, I'm looking at these titles of these books and there are these biographies of incredible men and women in history and some very early personal growth books. I mean, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking, Dale Carnegie, how many of you know these names? Think and Grow Rich, right? 
and he says, Jim, I want you to read one of these books a week. And keep in mind, like, I'm like, I admire this, this man. He's obviously very successful and very happy, but I can't do that. Like, I can't promise to read one book a week. And I tell him I have all this schoolwork and that's why I can't. And he looks right at me and he says, Jim, don't let school get in the way of your education. And, <laughs> and I didn't realize at that time, it was a Mark Twain quote, <laughs> but this is 25 years plus years ago. And, but it was, I was like, that's very inspiring. It's so inspirational and yet, Inspiration is not going to change me right now. I, I can't do this, right? Um, and I'm fighting for my, 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 I'm fighting for to stay in this box. And then he's a very smart man. He reaches into his pocket and he pulls out my bucket list, a list of all my dreams and desires. And he starts to read every single one of them out loud. And imagine you're 18 years old. You, you don't know who you are. You feel like you're broken. And, you, and you're hearing your deepest dreams and desires in another person's voice, like incanted out in the universe. And it messed with my mind and my heart something fierce, my soul, it really shook it up. Because a lot of the things on that list were things I wanted to do for my family. Things they could never afford. Never, they, even if they had the resources, they would never do that for themselves. And the second, and this is what I, the reason I'm bringing this up, is the first thing that keeps us from doing something is the mindset that we, we don't deserve it or it's not possible, right? The second force that keeps us stuck is the second circle, which is your motivation, your motive, your motive for taking action. Because you could believe everything is possible and that you deserve it, but if you don't have drive, now when I say motivation, I'm not saying coming to an event like this and being around positive people and getting all excited, because how many of you have ever done that? And then what happens the next day? And you're laughing because that, that's the laughter of recognition. Because, and listen, your neighbor's laughing because we all experience that. And motivation for me is not something where you get really excited and then it wears off like a, like a warm bath, it's really nice. But then after 10, 15 minutes, it gets cold again, right? So I don't believe you need to psych yourself up every single time. I believe there's a formula to, for sustainable motivation. And it's these three things. This is the formula to be motivated. It's reasons times energy times small, simple steps. Now, the reason I wrote this book is not only the latest cognitive science on learning, accelerated learning and performing at your best, but really it, it's, it's, it's a field tested guide because I've seen it all. And may, may, for working with children who have no resources, that are in foster care, that have ADD or you know, dyslexia to seniors that are losing, like my grandmother, losing you know, their memory and their mind and everyone in between, you see patterns, right? And so what is motivation? I don't believe that you have to be... One of the things I've realized after conducting well over a thousand interviews with the world's greatest thought leaders in everything from entrepreneurship to spirituality to health and wellness to relationship is that life is enormous and there are so many ways we can make our life better and better in every way, in every single day. If you're successful in just one area of life, you might just suck in another. I've known billionaires whose romantic lives 
were in shambles. I've known incredibly emotionally intelligent people who just couldn't make money. And that's totally fine. It doesn't matter where you are. Life doesn't have to stay the same forever. You're not cursed or destined to be miserable or unlucky in love or struggling to make ends meet. You were just never thought how to have it all, how to do things differently, how to master the human experience from a mind, body, and soul perspective. This is where Mind Valley membership comes in. When you become a Mind Valley member, you are coached by the greatest teachers in the world. You get to live a life beyond your wildest dreams and learn the best systems, protocols, methods, step by step by step in just 20 minutes a day to get there. You become the man or woman that you've always aspired to be. And this happens in the easiest, most effective way because of the Mind Valley transformational model. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now. Don't settle for ordinary. Don't settle for your life the way it is now. Aspire to step into your greatness. Enjoy the process. I always want to find joy in the process of working out. But if you know my morning routine, if you've gone through my programs, one of the first things I do in the morning is I take an ice bath or I take a cold shower. How many of you do this? How many of you have you loved the cold? <laughs> like I don't, I grew up in the Northeast, in, you know, in New York, I, I despise the cold, but I do it even when I'm here every single day because the first part is I have a reason. I'm very clear on the reasons I'm doing something. And uh, you know, one of the people that endorsed my, my book is a good friend of mine, Simon Sinek. How many of you know Star With Why? And he's always say, start with why, and that's your reason, your purpose. And I don't mean your life purpose, because that's a different conversation, but what gets me to do the cold, or what gets me to work out, or do the things that are important, like follow through on the things you learn in this quest, is some of us forget those reasons. And again, this is so simple, it's so common sense, but it's not common practice. Because I feel this obligation as your, your super brain coach to not tell you what you wanna hear, what you need to hear. And if you get, what, like, what you get out of an event like this is like, look, knowledge is not power. It's a lie. It's potential power. It becomes power when we what? When we utilize it. But that means that you're motivated. Now, reasons come first. So we have a process for you asking questions and getting associated to all the benefits that come from doing these things. Like why do you, you know when you work out you feel bad. No one's ever worked out and then said, oh, I wish I didn't do that, <laughs> right? We know the benefits, but sometimes we forget those things. And it's not, insanity is doing what? And doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. I don't think it's insanity, I think it's just a bad memory. You know what I mean? Because you're not remembering, you're dating that same kind of person because you're not remembering what happened, the pain, right? Or you're eating that poor food every single, and you're overeating it, and it's not even food, because junk food is not a thing. It's junk, and then there's food, right? But we're not, we're still doing it because we're not remembering the pain. So it's a process for getting the reasons and plugging back into your reasons of, wow, I'm able to remember names. I'm able to be able to do this. And then associating, because otherwise we're a thermometer again. We're just reacting because the, the, the current culture outside of this room doesn't support you to thrive, right? It's not, it, this, this event is about transcending. It's about ending the trance. 
ending this mass hypnosis through marketing, fear-based media that make, basically says you're not enough, right? Because it's in their interest to, for you to be that way because it's easier for you to consume, it's easier for you to be controlled, right? But it's you stepping up, coming to an event like this and, and transcending and, and you setting the standard and then your behaviors come out of that. So you have your reasons first. But then I looked into it and I was like, wow, a lot of people have the reasons to do it and they even feel it. And I'm not just saying feel the good stuff, feel the bad stuff too. Because emotions are useful. Like emotions of fear are, could be useful if it gets you to get, it tells you you need to prepare for something, right? That's a useful emotion. So I'm not saying squelch the emotion, but I'm saying feel the bad, feel, who, here's a question. Who's counting on you to be at your best today? Like who's watching you all the time that you need to be able to be a good role model for? So you could go there and introduce a little bit of pain if that pain serves you to be able to level up your life, right? And you use it intelligently. So the first thing, tap into the reason. The second reason people don't do something sustainably motivated is maybe they have the reason, but they don't have the energy. Can you relate to this? Like you know what to do, you wanna do these things, but you are exhausted. And so that's why in the book or even in the programs, like in, in Superbrain, I teach you 10 very specific things you could do to unlock your mental energy, right? To jumpstart your brain, the best brain food, stress management, because stress takes up a lot, fear takes up a lot of energy, right? Sleep, optimizing your sleep. How many of you love Dr. Bruce's presentation this morning? So energy is so key because when I look at motivation, motivation is about energy management. You know, time management is one thing, but really life should be about priority management. All right, so it's because we all, the one thing that's equal in this room, it's not your, everyone's, you know, your income, it's not your connections and network, it's, it's not your education levels. Everybody has different, right, external. But the one thing that is constant is we all have what? 24 hours in a day. And so if you had, imagine every single morning your bank account, you all automatically, every morning when you wake up, there's, a, there's extra $86,400 in there. Raise your hand if that would be awesome, if, if you woke up to that every single morning. And here's the thing, at midnight, whatever you didn't invest and use is gone. And that's how I look at time, right? We have 86,400 seconds in a day and whatever you're not investing in it into something for your happiness, for your health, for something that's gonna outlast you, then we lose it every single day. So priority management, the way I think about it is the most important thing is to keep the most important thing the most important thing. I'll say this again. The most important thing is to keep the most important thing the most important thing. And when I'm talking about your energy, your energy is everything. And so people could zap your energy. I was having this conversation with Simon Sinek and Susan Cain who wrote a great book called Quiet. How many of you read Quiet? It's about the power of introverts. So we were talking about this concept and saying like an introvert is somebody who wake up, wakes up with five golden coins and they're energy coins. And then an introvert, every time they interact with someone during the day, they give up one of their coins. Until after a few people, then they're just like, okay, I gotta recharge, and you know what I mean? 
Extroverts on the opposite side, they wake up with no gold coins and they're constantly want to interact with people because they get coins, right? And they get energy. And so the idea here is energy management. And so these 10 keys in Superbrain in the book, or just see it online, the 10 keys, some of the keys besides food and nutritional supplementation, stress management, sleep, are the are a positive peer group. We all need people in our life that encourage us. We all need people in life that challenge us. We all need people in life that cheerlead for us, that, that help encourage us, that give us courage, right? How many of you found that person? In your, no, know that person in your life. And if you haven't found that person, be that person. Be that person for somebody else. Especially be that person for yourself. I think in this culture it's so important that we fall in love with the person in the mirror who has been through so much but is still standing. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> and part of self-care and self-love tactically is remembering when you say yes to somebody or something, you're not saying no to who? To yourself that sometimes the way to become limitless is setting some boundaries and borders on your time, you know, on, on your energy, on some of your emotions, because you can only give what you have, right? And so I call everybody here a grow giver because you grow so you have more to give. And that's nature, everything in life grows and everything in nature has to be able to give back into the, into the big system, right? But coming back to motivation, the keys are if you, got, if you want to get yourself to do something, you haven't yet done it, come up with the reasons first. Feel it, allow yourself to feel it, even if it's painful, because it gets you to move. And then secondly, give yourself energy, because if you don't have the energy to do that, you're not going to do the thing. And then I said, is this, is, this, is this it? Is this the magic formula for motivation? Having a reason and having energy. And I said, does this work in 100% of the cases? And I was like, no, it doesn't. Because if the thing that you're not motivated to do is either too big or unclear, you're not gonna take action. Does that make sense? Like if you're motivated to get in a great relationship, that's way too big, right? If you're motivated to start an online coaching business, right? That's a big thing and that could be intimidating and, and be confusing. And the goal though is to take it into a small, simple step by asking yourself one question, what is the smallest action I could take right now that will give me progress towards this goal? The smallest action where I cannot fail. And how it comes back to energy is it requires very little effort and very little energy. And it, and it helps piggyback on a principle of memory called the Zygarnik effect. The Zygarnik effect, there's a, psychologist, her name was Zygarnik, and she was in a cafe in Europe, and she noticed that the wait staff would remember everyone's order until the order was delivered. And as soon as it was delivered, it's kind of like, have you ever taken a test, like you crammed the night, the, the night before? You didn't study, using any of these techniques, you just crammed it in your mind, and the next morning, nobody could talk to you because you don't want anything to fall out. <laughs> at, and you can't wait to take the test and as soon as you take the test, what happens to the information? It's gone. The mind doesn't like to have open loops. And so the wait staff, what she realized, would remember all the orders because it was an open loop. 
That's why, you know, these, these video streaming uh, shows, right, they get you to binge watch because they open a big loop right before the show ends. And so if you're like, just one more tonight. Just one more, just one more. One more video, right? one more, just one. And then it's like three o'clock in the morning and then you aren't doing anything that Dr. Bruce talked about in terms of your sleep, right? Um, but, it's, but it's meant to mentally hijack you like fear does, right? And so the goal here to be motivated constantly, not in a hypey jump on chairs kind of way, is tap into your reason to do that task, make sure you have ample energy using good just lifestyle, uh, biohacking, whatever gives you the energy, the food, the stress management, so on, and then finally break that into something so small you can't fail. Because little by little, a little becomes a lot. Now where the last part of it is let's say you have them all, anything is possible, because this is what's possible. Your motivation is your purpose. Right? It's the reason to do something. You could still not get out of that box even if you have a limitless mindset and a limitless motivation because you don't have the third thing, which are the methods. So let's say you want to remember people's names. You could have the mindset, well, I could, let's go backwards. I could teach you how to remember people's names, right? Exactly, exactly how to do it. But if you're not motivated to use it, are you going to remember people's names? No. Or let's say you have the motivation and you have the methods, but you believe you're, you're stupid. Is that going to affect you? Is that going to get you out of the box? No. So these are the three forces that keep us contained, and these are the three forces that will liberate you. Because this book initially, when I sent it to the publisher, really was a methodology book. I took everything that I teach for the past three decades, how to read faster, how to do the languages, how to give speeches without notes, how to remember names, all that, and it was a book. And it was a really good book. It was a textbook on how to do this stuff. And then I, I, I was like, I had an incident where, with a student that got kind of elevated because they weren't doing any of this stuff, but they were upset because they bought a program, right? But what I realized is missing is the mindset motivation part. Does that make sense? So this book really is three books in one. How to go through a process I call unlimiting. And I know you've never heard this word before, or if you Google it, it won't come up. But unlimiting, what I learned is all your limitations, for the most part, are learned. You're born with a blank slate, right? Nobody, nobody, I wasn't born thinking I was broken. Is that fair? But what set the frame on that box were my environment, my experiences, expectations of other people. And my thing is to break out of that mindset is when I'm spending time with these seniors is I always hear, yes, I help them to polish off their memories, but when, they, when it calms down, you always hear regret. You know, like living your dreams, let's be really frank, can be scary. But you know what's scarier? not living them. And so tomorrow we know is not guaranteed. So my thing is, why aren't we running towards our dreams like we're, like we're on fire? Because we have, we, have one, we have this one life to be able to kind of figure out in this lifetime. And so look at this. There are books on mindset. Great book, Carol Dweck, right? How many of you read, read Mindset? About a growth mindset, fixed mindset. This is a must reading, Mindset. 
They're books just on motivation, and they're books just on methodology. In fact, there's also books where mindset and motivation intersect. This area here is inspiration. When you have mindset and you have motivation, you feel inspired. Do you feel that? After somebody talks, they, 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 made, they gave you a tip on, or a different perspective or insight on, on mindset, and then they got you a little bit motivated so you feel inspired, but you still don't know what to do. Where mindset and methods intersect, that area is called, this area is called ideation. I'm gonna, this is gonna be three eyes, just so you know. <laughs> ideation, because it just stays an idea. Like you know it's possible, that's an idea. And you know what to do, but it's an, and it's an idea. But if you lack the motivation, you're not gonna act on that idea. Does that make sense? So there are a lot of experts or, or, or books just on ideation, which is an important part. And finally, where motivation and methods intersect, this area, when you're motivated to do something and you know what to do, the methods, that area is implementation. But if you're missing one of these three, you're gonna stay in the box. You believe anything is possible, you're motivated, but you still can't get out of the box because you don't know what to do. And this doesn't have to be for just, like let's say your, your mindset is you wanna read a book a week, right? You could be, saying, oh my God, I deserve to be able to learn and read 52 books a year. I'm motivated to do it because I'm clear about my reasons. I got good sleep last night. I broke it down into, instead of reading 45 minutes a day, break it down to one line a day. That's literally what I do with clients. Don't try to read 45 minutes a day to read a book a week. Read one sentence because it's the smallest step. And does anyone stop after one sentence? No, it's like if somebody doesn't floss their teeth, floss one tooth. No one, is anyone gonna stop, right? <laughs> and then, so in the book, we go into habit design and flow states because that's the ultimate form of motivation where you're just in the zone. You don't have to push yourself, right? And it's by, by design. But you could have the mindset like, I wanna read, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna, be, I wanna be a thought leader, and I wanna be, I, I, Jim says leaders are readers, I, I could do this, I deserve it, and I'm even motivated. But if they're using a method like sub-vocalization, What's sub-vocalization? Reading to yourself. Have you ever noticed when you're reading something, you hear that inner voice inside your head reading along with you? Hopefully it's your own voice, it's not like somebody else's voice inside there. <laughs> the reason why it's an antiquated method is first of all, when did you learn how, when's the last class you took on reading? How old were you? Six, seven, eight, nine. Has the difficulty and demand increased since then? Is it fair to say we're still reading since the last way we were taught, right? And one of those ways we were taught was saying the words inside our own head. And if the reason why it's a challenge for your reading speed is if you have to say the words in order to understand them, you could only read as fast as you could speak. That's why, how many of you listen to audiobooks and, my, and podcasts at faster speed? Because you could understand that fast, but you can't speak that fast. All right, that means if you're saying the words, your reading speed is limited to your talking speed, not your thinking speed. So this person here could have the greatest mindset, I'm gonna read, leaders are readers, I, um, I deserve it. They can be motivated, they know all the benefits, you know, that, you know, they, wow, if I can read a book on management in, you know, in, in a week, wow, you know, or starting a business, amazing. If I could read the latest book, you know, Vision's latest book, or Lisa's latest book, or Dr. Bruce's latest book, that's amazing. I could, if they have decades of experience put into a book, I could download decades in the days, I'm clear on the reasons, right? I'll be able to make more money, 
Many of you know the reason I'm here is because I wasn't gonna teach this, but when I learned these skills when I was 18, I couldn't help but help people around me. And one of my first students, she was a freshman, she read 30 books in 30 days. Like, what would you, like, read it, not get the gist of it, but really read it. And I found out I wanted to know what her motivation was. I knew her method because I taught her the method. I wanted to know her motivation because I believe genius leaves clues. And I found out that her mother was dying of terminal cancer, was given 60 days to live. That's it. Doctors wrote her up, 60 days. And the books she was reading were books on health and wellness, energy medicine. She was determined to save her mom's life because she didn't want to buy into that mindset. Does that make sense? I get a call six months from this young woman and she's crying. She's crying, she's bawling. When she stops, I found out their tears of joy, that her mother not only survived, but is really getting better. Doctors don't know how, they don't know why. The doctors called it a miracle, but her mother attributed it to the great advice she got from her daughter, who learned it from all these books. Yeah. But that, that motivation kept her for doing that day after day. And then she enjoyed the process because she got really good at it, and so it became self-reinforcing. In psychology, they call it a competence-confidence loop. The more competent you get at something, the more confidence you have, right? Public speaking, some people have, might have a fear of getting on stage like this, but how, the better you get at it, the more confident you are at it, right? Now, if you're using, even if you take out the mindset, someone's motivated to do something, like remember names again, and they have the method, but they might not because again, they feel like they're, they're not that smart or they have a horrible memory. Because your brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is a program it will run. So if you tell yourself you're not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. And then finally, Let's say the person, you have this, this, you don't have this, you have this and this, you have the great mindset, anything is possible and you know what to do, but you lack the motivation, you can't break yourself out of that box. So the reason I go through this model really fast is to be able to show you that it's not like an unknown because if you just put it to fate, that then you can't change anything. Do you get that? And so when you're struggling with something, what the goal is, when you have the mindset, motivation, and methods, where all three of them intersect here, that's where you have the fourth eye, you have integration, and that's the ultimate state. This is what I wish upon you every single day. When I do my prayers, my visualization, my gratitude, my goal for you is, is to not only up-level your mindset, motivation, and methods, but when you do, you have the synergistic effect where you're integrated. It's just who you are. You are this limitless being. So think about your health, your wellness, your relationships, and then map it in here. And what it does is it removes judgment, self-judgment on yourself. Like you're hard on yourself. Like why is it, like what I was doing as a kid, right? Like saying it was just me. Like is there something wrong with me? As opposed to saying, what are my current beliefs? What do I believe that I deserve? You know, where's my motivation? Why am I self-sabotaging or procrastinating? Maybe I don't have my clear reasons. My reasons were on that list. You know, the dream list, all the things I wanted to do for my, for, my, for my parents. Now my motivation after learning all this stuff is a lot different because my motivation now is because I struggle all the time is to build better, brighter brains. That's my motivation, that's my purpose. Like your purpose is what lights, your, your passion is what lights you up. Learning now lights me up, it never did before. 
but learning lights me up. That's my passion. My purpose is taking that passion to light other people up. It's showing people how to learn so they can light themselves up, right? I believe if you give someone an idea, you enrich their life. But if you teach them how to learn, they can enrich their own lives and the lives of the people around them. So this framework also is an explanatory schema for why you know, there's a gap between where you are and where you want to be, and it's a way to role model people who are where you want to be or have what you want to have. Because you could just go and talk to them and uncover, become a detective, and, try, and figure out asking questions about their mindset, about what motivates them. What are they doing for energy? What are the small, simple steps? What are the methodologies, which are the larger steps, right? The actual process in here. But in between here, you have the limitless state. I want to find, how many people feel like this is useful, by the way? Because my, my, my goal here is to get to the source, the source of why aren't you living the way you desire and you deserve? Why aren't you learning the way that you desire and deserve? And it's not another just trick or tip. Do you see that? Like this is an explanatory schema to really unfold a framework to be able to show you. And you could use this also with your teammates. You could use this with your kids also as well. So we describe that in, in, in mass. Now, many of you know what happened with me where I, um, I get a call in for 20th Century Fox. And how many of you know like my, my X-Men story? Raise your hand. Oh, wow, only a dozen of you. So basically what happened is I, I, I grew up in, um, I couldn't read. For a few years, I taught myself how to read underneath the covers when my parents thought I was sleeping with a flashlight reading comic books because something about the stories brought them to life. The stories of superheroes, which is like, you know what they gave me? Hope. They gave me like people care, that good will, 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 will prevail, right? That one person can make a difference. So it brought the words to life. And my favorite superheroes growing up were, um, were the X-Men. And I used, not because they're the strongest, it's just because they didn't fit in. Because as a kid, I, I didn't fit in. I, you know, I felt like it was, I didn't, everybody else was like in a certain way and I was just different, right? How many of you felt in some way you're diff different? And like, so this is like Mutant Central right here, right? <laughs> and I was telling the chairman of 20th Century Fox about this story about the X-Men because he produced X-Men and he was like, Jim, I didn't know you like superheroes. Do you want to go on set? And I was like, oh yeah, that would be amazing. He was like, what can I do for you? He's like, just do what you did for us. Teach them their, how to unleash their superpowers, to speed read scripts, memorize their lines, be focused on set. I was like, I could totally do that. <laughs> so the next morning I get on a plane and I swear to you, we're going to filming in Montreal from LA. And I get on the plane right down the street and I get on the plane, the entire cast of X-Men's on the plane. And I don't even see Patrick Stewart and, and Hugh Jackman. You know, I see Professor X, Wolverine, and I'm sitting between, you know, Holly Berry and Jennifer Lawrence going to film X-Men, right? This is like a, a dream in my mind, right? And the first shot that they filmed on set took place, because, let me pull back. Does anyone know where the X-Men school was? Is? Westchester, New York. And that's where I grew up, right outside the city. And I, was, and I used to ride my bike. I was telling the chairman of Fox, I used to ride my bicycle every weekend when I was nine years old looking for that school because I wanted to find my superpowers. I wanted to find my super friends. I wanted to find the place where, where, where I belonged, right? 
And um, so the first shot on the set what took place in the X-Men school. And uh, something, I was like being nine years old to be able to watch my superheroes come to life. And even better than that, when I came home after a week, there was a package waiting for me and it was um, a framed photo of this. It was me and the entire cast of X-Men. And uh, even better, but even better than that was the note in there from the chairman of the studio. He said, Jim, thank you so much for sharing your superpowers with all of us. I know since you were a child, you've been searching for your superhero school. Here's your class photo. And, When I'm talking about limitless, I'm saying you have inside of you the mindset, the motivation, the purpose. You know, you just need them and the methods. You just need a little guidance because this isn't this isn't taught in school. True. And to get the real message is we're all in this together. and this is the Mind Valley Podcast. If you like the Mind Valley Podcast, take the next step. Become a Mind Valley member. Imagine being coached daily by the greatest teachers on the planet. How quickly would you transform your health, your mindset, your body? your relationships? How quickly would you double the size of your company? How quickly would you see your career grow? How quickly would you eliminate any limiting belief that's holding you back and manifest a life that you once thought beyond your dreams? When you become a member, you don't just get access to the greatest education in the world. You become part of a community of 150,000 of the most incredible people dedicated to personal growth. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash now to get started.